producers behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. I don't know how much more my heart can take. A 61-yard field goal to win another close game for the Minnesota Vikings. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This has been just the roller coaster of all roller coaster seasons, ladies and gentlemen. And I am exhausted, even though I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know about Artis Woods and AJ Fredrickson if they're feeling the same way, but after that kick the other day, I was absolutely exhausted. Welcome into Taxi Squad, everybody, a Score North original podcast. My name is Jason Stormer. It's a pleasure to have you on with us this uh, well this evening for us, but you may be listening at whatever time you may be listening. Thank you again for joining us today, guys. Again, trying to catch my breath. I, I can't. I can't. I, I just can't do this anymore. This is just. This is just too much. We are just setting franchise records every week in some capacity. Biggest comebacks in NFL history. Uh, the longest field goal for the Viking in Vikings history. I am just. I am losing my mind. But I got to somehow like I, I got to get it all together because we got to break down this Giants game and we got to uh, preview the Packers. How are you doing, guys? I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm feeling pretty good. Hoping everybody had a great holiday weekend. I know mine was pretty good. I got to go back home to Milwaukee and it was pretty fun. Um, But yeah, man, I'm feeling good. The Vikings again, man, they pulled off another one. The Wolves don't look so hot right now. We'll get oh, we'll there. But um the vikings man the vikings continue to find ways to win and at this point i'm just grateful that they find a ways to win like it doesn't matter how it's getting done it's getting done at the end of the day 61 yards 61 <sighs> i'm not gonna lie i thought he was gonna miss because we all know the history of kickers <laughs> here in minnesota i'm new to the area and i kind of learned over the last year and a half that you don't bet on the kicker out here um but 61 yards man it's special special aj how you feeling I'm good. I'm good. I mean, you both already have said it, but yeah, you know, another huge win, another dramatic, thrilling win. I'm get. I don't know if I'm getting used to it, but I'm not. I'm not as like worked up over it because I just know what's happening now. I just like it doesn't matter how big of a gap or how big of like either way, really, whether it's a leader or a deficit. I know it's going to come down to some type of either overtime antics or like last second defensive stop or a kick or whatever. Um, did I, I, I expected overtime because I had no faith that he was going to nail the longest kick in Vikings history to win the game there. But, uh, wow. I mean, another win. And now you're still battling to hold on to that number two seed. It's, it's not mathematically eliminated yet, but you're not going to get the one seed. So all you're doing is you're trying to hold off the, the 49ers who, for some reason, look unfazable i don't get it how often do you see a team lose not one but two starting quarterbacks to injury not trade for another quarterback and are still just a juggernaut of a team how does this happen i they they, they're dangerous um just think of how much better they would be if they didn't lose a trey lance or a jimmy garoppolo and they still had those guys who you know, they, they have some some seasoning under their belt, obviously Jimmy more, more so than Trey Lance, but Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, out of nowhere, he comes in and just eats it up. I mean, maybe it's easy when you're throwing. They, they don't even have – is Debo out? How long is Debo out? 
Uh, he's still, um, I know he's got that hammy. Um, I don't know if he's back or not, but you know, it, it's still, anyway. it's, I mean, hamstrings are a lingering issue no matter what. So yeah. that's probably going to be something that he's going to deal with throughout the playoffs for them. So, but, but still, they don't miss a beat. It's so weird. No. That being said, they like, that's the whole like defenses. I don't know if you can go the entire postseason relying on that defense to do everything they have been and then have Brock Purdy, like keep doing this. It, you know, you have CMC now and you ha- you still have George Kittle and you have all these weapons and whatnot. Um, and the defense is a juggernaut. I, I don't know if they could just do it. I, they're going to be a really tough out regardless in the playoffs, but, uh, but no, I, I don't think they're a team that is, I'm not necessarily worried about them um, come maybe like the second, third round. Like if they get to a conference game, a conference championship game, I'm like, all right, I'm betting the house on the opposition, but um but yeah, no, they they they're battling for that for that two seed. And the, the Vikings are, uh, it seems like just dangling the carrot in front of them this entire time because they can't just put a team away. So I'm waiting for the floor to drop out. It hasn't yet, uh, but you know I, I'm enjoying the ride that while we're on it. So yeah, this was just another insanely fun game, especially because like I'm assuming most people got to watch it with their families too, getting together for the holidays and everything. We had the Christmas Eve game, most cases throughout the NFL. Just it, it, it's happening like this every week. I mean, we can pretty much like we've said every podcast pretty much. It's these are always going to be close games. And I'm guessing we're going to probably anticipate another close game against the Packers um, for this one specifically. Um, man, I was just I have to admit, like I'm really starting to really just like become a huge fan of Kirk Cousins now. Um, I was probably pretty critical going into the season. Um, a few months ago and stuff like that, but I'm just really starting to come around. Um, I actually want to like pose this conversation to you guys today uh, because I know it's starting to make the rounds. I know it's starting to make, it started making the rounds a few weeks ago. And I know uh, JJ in particular has been asked about it, but I really want to like gauge your guys's feelings of like how much they probably, they're not going to win it. Let's be honest. They're not going to win it, but like how much should Kirk and JJ actually be considered for MVP this season. Kirk is a top five passer in yards, passing yards per game and touchdowns. And we don't really have to talk about the numbers with Justin Jefferson. I mean, he is the best receiver in football right now. Um, But wide receivers really don't get a lot of MVP votes. I think Cooper Cup last year, he won the triple crown for receivers, receptions, receiving yards and touchdowns. And I think he only got like one or two votes or something like that. I mean, if we got to be honest with ourselves, the NFL MVP award has kind of become a quarterback award over the last, I don't know, decade or so. Um, it's very rare that a non-quarterback actually wins it. And not has it ever not been a quarterback award though? Like running backs. Didn't yeah, I was about to say didn't AP won MVP, right? I think yeah, Sean Alexander won one too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sure. Yeah, running backs definitely have won it. I think there have definitely been some defensive players who have won it. I think that's very rare too, but a wide receiver never has. And you think about the wide receivers that play in this game, Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and obviously Cooper Cup last year, Jeff, Justin Jefferson this year. So I, I want to gauge like what your guys' feelings actually like, how much really, even though they're they're not gonna win it. We gotta be honest with ourselves, they're not gonna win it. Like how much should Kirk and JJ actually, uh, how many, like how much consideration should they actually get for MVP? Well, for Kirk is going to be tough 
because even though Kirk is playing great football right now, there's there's other quarterbacks that's playing just a little bit better. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, the way he's playing right now, the way Jalen Hurts before he got hurt, the way he was playing the last two games, him and maybe even missing this upcoming game right here, um, it's probably going to hurt him a little bit. But he's still having an overall better season, I believe, than Kirk Cousins is. So it makes it tougher for him um, when you're fighting amongst other elite quarterbacks going for that award. He does deserve consideration. I do think he his name should be brought up. But I, I think when you, again, when you mention him with the other quarterbacks mentioned, it gets a little tough for him. J.J., though. J.J. should be a, a solid candidate for MVP. The way he's playing right now, I mean, it's, it's something that we haven't seen before. He's playing out of his mind. He could end up touching 2,000 yards this year. Um, he has crazy impact on every game even if he's not touching the ball defenses are clearly shading towards his side of the field which opens up things for everybody else i mean he is literally the most valuable player on the minnesota vikings team and this team only has what now three losses on the season and so i think a lot of this is you know people just don't respect the vikings at the end of the day like the national media rarely talks about the vikings people don't respect the vikings because of the history of the Vikings because of the history of Kirk Cousins and people don't like the way the Vikings are winning. So they're not necessarily going to say, Oh, Kirk is the MVP or JJ's the MVP. Cause to be quite honest, I don't think most people are truly paying attention to the Vikings like that. Um, but JJ, the way he's playing right now should definitely be in consideration. I know like uh, AJ said, it is really more so like a, a quarterback driven award. We've seen multiple quarterbacks win over the last couple of decades. Now it's nine times out of 10 going to go to a quarterback. Um, but JJ, if there was ever a year for it to go to a receiver, this will be the time. JJ should definitely be in that conversation. He's easily the best receiver in the league right now. He's yeah. the best. I don't think, I mean, Tariq Hill is, he's in the, he's there, but He's not really contributing to winning football, I dare say, at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, I think J.J. should definitely be in consideration. I think J.J. should be a top-five candidate. I think he should be a top-five candidate. I think they need to open it up more and open it up to more positions. And if they do that, J.J. is definitely a top-five candidate. Should he win it? I don't believe so. Should he be a candidate? Most definitely. Just my, my take on it. Yeah, I'm I I feel I'm feeling like I'm gonna just regurgitate what you just said just in a simply different manner. But to preface it, I think Kirk has been having a fantastic year. I I I don't know if I, he's like on that threshold of like really 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 good to maybe he's elite. But just because we see lulls, it seems like every weekend I can't say that yet. Um, and I still don't have that like that gut feeling. I know he has led so many last second comeback drives or whatever. I just don't get that feeling like I do with like a Mahomes or maybe a Josh Allen or something where it's like, he's got a minute 20. Yeah. They're going to score I don't have any downtime. I don't have that yet. Um, I'm not saying that he hasn't been good. I think he's been phenomenal in terms of like what Kirk cousins is and has been uh, he's elevated. And this is probably, this is his best year. This is his best year. Um, with that being said, like like what I just said, you can't take him seriously in the MVP conversation just because for being a quarterback-driven award, there's quarterbacks that are, I think, easily slotted above him. Not like cemented. I say easily, and that probably isn't the right word that I'm using for like the weight of it, but you know, like you're gonna think about Kirk Cousins and you're like, yeah, good, he's he's, he's done it. And then yeah, but but, but Mahomes. 
<laughs> but Mahomes, you know, Patrick Mahomes is still a person playing in the NFL. Um, that being, it's a different conference and stuff like that. Or like, you know, you're going to have Josh Allen. It's like, okay, it's Josh Allen. So I'm going to, I'm going to probably rely on him. But um, when it comes to Justin Jefferson, it's, t- it's, it's comparing apples to oranges just because they're both football players, but they just play different positions. So you have to weigh like how, and it's the definition of it too. It's the, like when you look at the NBA's MVP, it's not always just like the best player wins. It's the, the guy who impacts his team the most and all that stuff and contributes uh, to maybe a bad team and then turns them around the next year and makes them, you know, a top five team or whatever in the league and blah, blah, blah. Because otherwise, you know, LeBron probably should have won it for the past 20 years or however long he's been playing. And that just simply hasn't been the case. Same thing in it, it, it varies. It seems like with every sport, because what, what does that mean? Is it just the best player award? Is it the most impactful award or like how much, like what's the war like in baseball, how many wins above replacement he has, but it, there's so much with that. And it's such a gray area that I feel like not even the voters maybe exactly know because they're all, you, you see a couple ballots that come out for some things or like they say, yeah, I voted for this guy and so on, so on, so it's like, how did you come across that vote? That doesn't make any sense. Um, but to have a wide receiver in the conversation, I think even this late in the year speaks to how good of a season Justin Jefferson has been having. Um, speaking on the 2000 yard hunter, like the passing Calvin, uh, you know, Megatron's record. It's tough now because he needs what? 209 yards or something like that against green Bay to keep it within that 16 game thing. Um, because if he gets it in, in 17 games, it's going to have an asterisk. It just has to. Megatron did it in 16 games. He, he took he took zero games off essentially that season. Um, monster performances. Whereas now JJ he can have that lackluster game against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Who cares? He's got that extra one in the bag when they go to uh, Schultz, uh, Sol- I was going to say Shoulder, but uh, Soldier Field <laughs> in Week 18. Um, it, it, I don't think he. I don't think he's going to do it. But it would be it would be extremely cool to see him because how many far how far off is he of of 2000 at this point um, i don't have it in front of me i like it's not out of reach i'm pretty sure but well, it's also, mind, he, he did have a game where he had like 229 yards one game right if i'm not mistaken yeah yeah no and he like he i think even i mean this is not this year obviously but we've seen adam thielen i think put up 205 against the packers so it's not like he can't do it this weekend because i think justin jefferson right now is better than is is more impactful and explosive than Adam Thielen at any point in his career, but it's it's going to be tough because it's just like those conditions of if you're playing this game week one in Green Bay where it's mid fifties and partly cloudy, it's not going to be like that. I don't know the exact uh, forecast for this Sunday, but it's Green Bay, it's Lambeau, it's outdoors. It's, it's supposed to be pretty mild, all things considered. When it yeah, compared to compared to what it was over the holiday, in the thirties out there, which everybody will be wearing shorts at that point. Yeah. Let's see here. He's he's two hundred and forty four yards off. Looks like yeah, that's, I mean. that's a lot of yards. He's like at seventeen hundred and a half right now for seventeen hundred fifty six. Um, but oh, um, returning to the question, because we can expand on this more 
in terms of the Vikings, I, like if the Vikings are going to have one person in the conversation for this MVP, you're not going to waste it on Kirk Cousins. And I say waste just because you're not, you're not, he's not going to win it over some of the other candidates out there. Justin Jefferson has a different angle to it be, because he is a wide receiver. So he's going to get that kind. He's going to, he's not going to win it, but he's going to have more of, of he's going to get just more talking points to it. Cause you can always, Hey, well, look at what he did here and look at, look at this amazing catch and all this stuff. And, and you know, he has that on like the underdog thing for the MVP of he is a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Right. Justin Jefferson is the one Viking that has a chance at winning the uh the mvp award that being said it's a very slim chance that is uh very close to zero yep. adrian peterson was the last non-quarterback to win the mvp award in 2012 the yeah. other non-quarterback to do it before him was Ladanian tomlinson in 2006 and sean alexander in 2005 so this has been a 15 plus year trend at this point now where quarterbacks have typically won the NFL MVP award. Now they also have, they also have like offensive player of the year, right? Don't they have another separate yeah. award or something like that, that I think it's, that doesn't make any sense to me. Cause how, how is a consolation MVP? prize for running backs and wide receivers who I right. guess aren't worthy to be MVPs. So it's, I mean, the quarterback is the most important position in all of sports. I'm, I'm kind of not surprised that the league is kind of geared towards this way, but you guys, you guys are both right. Like if there's any non quarterback uh, that deserves a lot of votes this year, it is Justin Jefferson. If he breaks the record, then he for sure has to get at least a couple of votes. He, he, he just has to, cause he broke, he broke a single season record Um, in now. I, I don't want the Vikings to get too hasty in terms of trying to break this record. Um, I, I mean, we all know that JJ wants to do this. I want JJ to do this. I want I want him to have this record for sure. I, I want Vikings fans to have this record. But all things considered, we got to think about the season here. This is a 12 and three team. Uh, unfortunately, we can't take this Packer game lightly because they've gone on what a three game winning streak now, even though, you know, we can maybe talk about the teams they beat a little bit, maybe a little bit later on. But it just we need to just if he breaks this record, he absolutely needs to be in the discussion in terms of Kirk though. No, I mean, he has some other stats too, that probably weigh him down in terms of getting MVP consideration, even though, like I said, pass yards are up there, pass game, uh, pass yards per game are up there. Touchdowns are up there. Um, he still has not the best quarterback rating as well as player efficiency kind of stuff. So even though we all love like the non-intangible things with Kirk that he's been doing this year, all these game winning drives and stuff like that, the stats actually barely is having not as good of a season as he's had in other cases, but that's just stats. That's just stats. And we ain't really paying attention to the stats. We paying attention to these game winning drives, setting up 60 yard field goals, guys. I just, again, it just. I want to go back to the game just a little bit and talk a little bit X's and O's with this about like what we actually liked and maybe didn't like with the Giants game. Um, if I had to nitpick a little bit, I did say I really wanted the Vikings to really run the ball here like a ton. And Dalvin was only able to get 64 yards, 4.6 yards per carry. Uh, we talked about how the Giants defense is pretty leaky run defense. Uh, and that's the case also with the Packers and the Bears coming up here. Um, but what were some of your guys' takeaways from the game? Uh, maybe some coaching decisions, too. I got a few things I maybe want to say about that, but I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Yeah, I didn't necessarily mind. I wanted them to run the ball, too, as well. But I didn't mind them airing it out as much as they did, too. Because mm -hmm. Kirk, he's been on the roll lately, man. Yeah. Leading up into that game, he had 400, two 400 yard passing games um, with at least two touchdowns. And this game, what did he finish with? Close to 
Um, three hundred right passing yards, three right touchdowns. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it too much. I mean, this is, this is gonna be. I've come to grips with the fact that this is going to be a pass happy offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be what it is. We've seen them line up against teams with great pass defenses, and they're still gonna, throw, they're gonna throw the ball. They're gonna drop back. They're gonna <laughs> throw the ball. And I'm not mad at it. When you got T.J. Hawkinson, who had a crazy good game, yeah. we finally had the, we finally had the Hawkinson game. We've yes. been waiting on it. <laughs> It, it happened. Yeah. Um, so when you got TJ, when you got JJ, when you got Thielen, when you got KJ Osborne, when you got even Dalvin Cook who can catch the ball out of the backfield, I, I don't necessarily mind it. I thought the defense was pretty solid early on, actually. Um, they shocked me. They gave up some big plays like usual, but they stepped up. They made plays. They forced a fumble. They got an interception. Special teams got a block punt. Um, the Vikings just made plays. They, they played hard, and, you know, the game was close. I was hoping it wouldn't be as close as it was. And, you know, I mean, looking at the box score, if you just looked at the box score, I mean, Daniel Jones may have had his best game all year Um, in between him and Saquon Barkley. They ran for over 100 yards combined. So, I mean, you you got that going on. But all in all, I think the defense stepped up. They made plays when they needed to make plays in order to get this win. And then offensively, man, like they had kind of a lackluster third quarter. But they turn it up in the fourth quarter with 17 points. And so this is just like I said, I, I earlier in the season I was just confused at how this team was winning games. But I'm just I'm I've come to the realization over probably the last like four weeks that this is how they're going to win games. It's just how they're gonna win games, it's how they're gonna win games <laughs> in the postseason. This is just what they do. Um, when the defense steps up and limits the team to around 20 to 23 points, you know the Vikings have a really good shot at winning that game because they can put up points and they can put up points in a hurry. Um, they could drop 17, 20 points on you in a, in a quarter if need be. And so overall, you know, I like the game. The Giants are a tough, gritty team. You know, they, they're still playing for playoff seeding. Um, they're still trying to, you know, you know, make that push towards the end of the year and get some momentum going into the postseason. Um, they're playing some solid football right now, better football than I ever thought they would at this point in the season. Um, and so you went up against a team that was going to play hard, going to play gritty, and you got a solid win at home. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Can we expound on on that a little bit? I think this coming week, they need to almost shift away from that identity of a passing offense, like a pass heavy. I think they got to rely on Alexander Madison and Dalvin Cook to get a win against Green Bay this, yeah. this Sunday. Yeah. It's you like, so? mm-hmm. yeah, just with yeah. like, I, I, I don't want to just keep saying like the conditions of like outdoor weather and stuff like that. But, you know, Jair Alexander's good. <laughs> Like the secondary for the Packers, they've I don't understand what's been going on for them this season. They maybe it's a scheming thing, maybe it is personnel, but I thought that they were going to be one of the best defenses in the league coming into this season. And now they have looked not great. And maybe that's in part just because they have a old and brittle, drugged up Aaron Rodgers running quarterback who's more concerned about his Wednesday pat mcafee show appearances than actually like connecting with his young wide receivers that the teams put around him um i mean it's true i (laughs) he's he apparently it's so weird too because he uh, he is like blaming them for not knowing like arm signals that (laughs) that he's used for like a decade now i guess or something that he just like Uh dust off randomly i don't know um somebody i forget her name but she had a really good article about it but um i i think that's how they're gonna probably beat the packers on sundays to have a dual-headed it's gonna be a matchup of just running backs and aj Dillon, aaron jones versus 
Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. I, I'm excited to see it. I hope that's the case. As much as I want to see Justin Jefferson just keep dominating the league, I think they need to almost like throw a, a smoke in, what is it, smoke in cover? Smoke and mirrors? Smoke and mirrors, thank you. Yeah, why is it smoke and cover? Uh, smoke and mirrors, you know. <laughs> you have all these pass-happy weapons. And uh, Jason, before we start recording, I believe you mentioned that they're getting Irv Smith back here. Soon Sounds like um, to what capacity? I'm not really sure. I Hopefully think none. Taken off IR. Hopefully none. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, for the sake of, this the sake of yeah, for this is easy. Hawkinson's position. I totally hear that. But if he can contribute in some capacity, I'll I'll take it, even if it's a catch here or there. I don't know. Uh, for the sake of that young man's health and possibly getting, because I I don't see I don't see them extending him over the next no not season anymore. or whatever. Like he's oh, gonna walk. Um. I have a feeling that, you know, it'll be maybe what the Giants have been doing with uh, Daniel Jones, where it's just like, we don't care about your future. So just go out there and sacrifice the body as much as possible yep. for the sake of the team. Um, that franchise tag. Yeah, we'll, we'll see yeah, how that goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, I, yeah, of course, me saying that, yeah, maybe the running game didn't really get going in this game like I wanted to. That That's definitely a nitpick. The Vikings got it done. That's ultimately all that matters. Uh, but again, hopefully you can do that against the Packers because, again, they're they're pretty shit on run defense. Uh, but yeah, this was the TJ Hawkinson game. I mean, he showed out in that first game against Washington, too. He had a lot of receptions, but not like this. Not, not 13 receptions, 109 yards and two touchdowns. And one of them was a nice little toe tap in the back back of the end zone. And actually, a lot of players were saying that it was kind of hard to see where the lines exactly where the boundaries really were in the end zones for this game because it was all the white outfield mm-hmm. and everything like that. And so there was a little thin purple line in between like the Vikings logo and like the the back of the end zone, which obviously is white all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think some players were kind of I think Adam Thielen made it said, like, yeah, it's kind of kind of difficult or whatever. Um, so I got to admit, I got to actually throw this out there, even though obviously we love the 61 yarder. It was the best franchise setter. Amazing. Right. Um, I got to pose this question. Was it ultimately necessary though? Because I was pretty surprised when the Vikings scored that late touchdown in the fourth quarter that they didn't go for two and put themselves up by nine. Instead, they just settled for the field goal and, uh, got the eight point, got the eight point lead right there. But obviously the giants, uh, came back and stuff and were able to tie it up with a touchdown and two point conversion of their own. And so I'm just kind of wondering like why we didn't go for the two there, because even if we don't make it, we're up by seven and the giants are going to play for the tie, no matter what, because it's too late in the season to mess around like this. And they're too good of a team to not try to force an overtime in this situation. If the giants went and scored that touchdown, which they ended up doing anyway, they would have just kicked the extra point. Uh, if they were down by one point at that point. So I'm kind of wondering like why we didn't, why we didn't go for two in that situation. What do you guys think? I, I was thinking the same thing, honestly, obviously it ended up working out for him in the long run either way. Um, But yeah, I I do agree. I was shocked, but I, uh, it's a nitpick. I know I'm kind of in the middle with it though, because I'm also of the mindset that when I watch Vikings games at times, I feel like KLC is a bit too aggressive. Like, there are moments, like, even in this game, like, why why is it that you're going, it feels like, and I know this isn't happening all the time, but it just feels like they go for every fourth down. <laughs> We're going for it. It's like, yo, yeah. take the points, punt the ball. It'll be okay. You know what I mean? So, like, it, cro- it crossed my mind, no doubt. Um, but, I mean, you're relying on your defense to not only 
stop them from getting in the end zone, but also, okay, we're still up eight. So they got to get a two point conversion as well. I mean, I, I wasn't, I thought about it, but I wasn't mad at it. And I think again, it came from the thought process of, man, they playing super aggressive either, either way or anyway, when I don't think at times they should be like, just punt the ball away. Like just, <laughs> we, we, we all talked about the last week against the, against the Colts where they, you know, going for two fourth downs, one fake punt, one run with Dalvin Cook. It's like, yo, just punt the ball. It is. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah. As a fan, at times you do appreciate the aggressiveness, but there are moments where it's like, yo, this is unnecessary. And then it puts your defense in, 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 in bad situations. And so I wasn't too mad at it. Could he have went for two? Sure. Sure, he could have, you know, and, and if they missed and they didn't get the two-point conversion, it really wouldn't have hurt because yeah. obviously the Giants wouldn't have went for two. That's fair. But it worked out. So I'm not too upset about it, ultimately. I'm not too upset about it. I'm I'm fine with it just because I'm, I would imagine during the week leading up to the game, they've probably watched film for like, hey, just in case we have to face a two-point conversion, what do they do? What Like, what do they run? So maybe they keyed in on a couple, like one, two, maybe three key plays that we've that they had seen them run, um, or something that uh, Dabble has like orchestrated in his coaching career or what he's like used to, and so they weighed the options of like, okay, we could go for we could go for two, go up nine, and that kind of like ices it. But if not, then that almost guarantees another tie game. But if we just take the eight point lead, if they score, we're, we have we kind of have the jump on them already of we know what they're kind of going to do. They just have to be better than us at that point. And it ended up, they were, but I would imagine they did, you know, they, they're probably crunching numbers somewhere along the sidelines or up in the coach, like coach's box where it's like, all right, here, here's, here's the situation. Do you want to go up against this, this potential, you know, conversion where we've kind of seen what they can do and you're kind of familiar with it. Here's how we should be able to stop that. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. We'll just take the kick. It's okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It worked out like you guys both said. I'm probably going to regurgitate exactly what you guys said too. I'm, I'm ultimately fine with it. I, I was verbally like wondering, like out loud, like, okay, like how come we didn't go for two in that situation and was mildly upset that the Giants were able to tie the game, but. But but still, I mean, if if it weren't for all of that, we wouldn't have the magic of the 61 yarder. And I don't know how you guys felt when that kick went through, but I was just like, again, like most cases I've been at the end of most Vikings game this season, I was just in another state of disbelief. And so as as much as I can sit here and be like mildly annoyed that there may be some more, there were maybe some questionable decision making decision decision making that led to the 61 yarder. It's just another chapter in what's been a fascinating book that is the 2022-2023 Minnesota Vikings. And so, yeah, it, it can be frustrating sometimes on this roller coaster, um, but ultimately it gave us a wonderful moment and I'm, 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 I'm there for that. I'm, I'm always for in sports, these storybook like endings. And I'm a little romanticized right now in sports right now. Cause obviously like me and artist and grant being at the Vikings game last week, uh, there's been other awesome sports around too, across the NFL. Um, AJ, we've hardly even talked about the world cup final and how just amazing that was. And that it was probably just one of the best sporting events. It was probably the best soccer match ever, but probably one of the best yeah. sporting events ever too. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it, it was, it was magical. It was just, that's what, 
and it's the holiday season too. It's just everything is so magical. So yes, we can maybe nitpick a few things about the Vikings and sure, yes, the defense gave up another 24 points, but the Giants are a decent team. They're a fighting team too. Uh, now that they're back into it after it looked like they were dead in the water there for a little bit, they got that, uh, that controversial win out in Washington and uh, they gave the Vikings a good fight, but ultimately... Greg the leg man got it done and the Vikings win 27 to 24, but we got to preview these green Bay Packers guys because it's Packer week. We always love Packer week around here. I uh, just looked actually at the conditions of Lambeau field. It's um, on a uh, Sunday. It's going to be like 36 degrees out there. And I don't think any like snow or anything like that. So for a late December game out there, that's really no big deal at all. The elements really shouldn't be too much of a factor. Uh, looking at the spread here, the Packers are actually favored. In this game by Las Vegas, gentlemen, by three and a half, the over-under is 48. But ultimately, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are about the Vikings and the Packers going into this game. What do you think? Well, I mean, just looking at I mean, then what did it open up at? It was a... I think it was around this. It was I think in, it was a, I think it was like two and a half points for the Packers, so it's grown a okay. little bit in their favor. But that tells me that the Vikings were maybe like half point favorites or this is like a pick them because typically mm -hmm. you're going to get that three point swing tacked on just for being the home team. It's something along that you get like two or three points for being sure. the home team, yeah. um, which is wild because I feel like some fan bases just don't have their team actually show up for them. But <laughs> um, no, I, it, I, I'd say it's about that. Yeah. It feels like a pick them just because the Vikings, you know, they got the they got the win earlier this year, but that's week one. And I don't take anything about week one seriously in terms of performances. And now you're going on the road and they have had that streak of they've settled in the rut of, hey, we need to come out hot and then we're going to go away for a little bit. And then we're going to come back in the fourth quarter and we're going to make some magic happen. Aaron Rodgers is like he's he's been bad this year in terms of like who he is. Like he he's not the same. But I still have a feeling that he can just boom. Hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers again. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and plus now they're like, he's fighting to set like this season, the scope of it, like save his legacy because before it looked like it was going to be a train wreck and Jordan, like the fans were clamoring for Jordan love a buddy of mine who is a diehard Packers fan. His dad has a share uh, of the Packers. So he's a, oh. he's a, he's a son of a, he's yep. son of a part owner. But uh, he was even like, they need to move on. I, I, wow. he, he is sick of him at this point, and I think rightfully so. But now he's got them, he's got them in a position to where the stars are going to have to align and yes. they're going to have to get a little magic in their favor, but they can still make the playoffs. And if they do, they're going to be hot. And if they are hot, who knows what can happen because they could go and upset somebody in the first round. Um, but the, the Vikings have a chance to uh, squash that this weekend. So we're ha we'll have to see. Mm -hmm. If maybe that is like a small, like thing on the chip of their shoulder of, Hey, we can yeah. go ahead and, you know, eliminate our rivals while also maybe helping us keep that second seed. Because what if uh, the 49ers lose and the Eagles and Vikings both win mm -hmm. week 18 does not matter whatsoever for seeding. Really, I think everything would be clinched for at least us in Philly. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but on the other side, like I said, the Packers, they have they have everything to play for. Mm -hmm. They're at home. It's their it, it. I know the the Bears are like their actual like 
all time in terms of NHL, not NFL history, right? Rivals, mm-hmm. but the Bears suck right now. So I'm not yeah. even going to fathom that this is their this is their main rival. So, mm-hmm. and and you know, I think that's kind of been the case for maybe the last decade or so because the Vikings have been a much more consistently better team than the Chicago Bears over the last few decades and I think the Vikings and the Packers in terms of competitive levels have I mean obviously the Packers have won a couple more Super Bowls and ultimately ultimately have had more like playoff success than the Vikings but in terms of like I don't know I think they go pretty back and forth winning division titles it seems like one team goes on a little bit of a run here one team goes on a little bit of a run here every now and then the Bears squeak in there but never never seems like it's ever for for too long or anything like that um yeah well like man it'd be so, I'd be so annoyed as a Packer fan right now guys to be honest with you because yes the switch is on for Aaron Rodgers but how come it hasn't been consistently on all throughout the season you know what I mean? Like, oh, why is it only coming on now? It, it's just, it, and like, I would be so annoyed by this, but, and, and frankly, like, what, I mean, sure, like, you, it's tough to actually count against Aaron Rodgers. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback in the playoffs. You need to have good odds against anybody that he's going against. But like, if you're a Packer fan, to what extent is it actually beneficial for you to make the playoffs or just miss the playoff or like make the playoffs and get bounced early? or just barely miss the playoffs at all. You're going to be stuck in like draft purgatory that way. That's that's kind of been the case for the Vikings a lot of the time. A lot of fans have kind of been complaining like the Vikings have had too many just middle of the pack seasons where they're, you know, 8 and 8 or 9 and 7, well not anymore. What would it be like 9 and 8, 9 and 8 or something like that. A- anyway, um so sure like it's fun and especially cuz with the Packers, you don't really I mean with Aaron Rodgers, you don't really know how much longer he's going to be around there. So like, sure. You want to enjoy that time while he's still the quarterback for you, even though like, like you, like you said, AJ, you know, fans that are just pretty much sick of him at this point and think that he's pretty much just been, uh, you know, just, he's a weird guy. He, he is a weird guy. He's fun. He's entertaining. I'll give him that much. I pay attention to the guy. I totally do. But like, it's still just, you never know what attitude he's going to have. And so I'm guessing the Packers are going to be pretty motivated into this game. They're favored. It's at home. They're on a three-game win streak. We can talk about the teams that they played. They have played the Bears, who are awful. I know Justin Fields is popping right now, and they have the number one run offense in the league at the moment because of him, but he still throws a lot of interceptions and really don't know how much better the Bears are going to be even next year. They beat the Rams, who sure put a beating on Russell Wilson and ultimately got Nathaniel Hackett hired. But like, also, hey, quick, yes. sorry to cut you off, but quick congratulations to Russell Wilson for finally tying the uh, t- his touchdown total for the season for amount of bathrooms he has in his house at oh twelve. Uh, so congrats to him. I know it was it's been a long hunt all all season long, a lot of ups and downs, but now you have been able to flush the competition so to speak uh, along with the broncos payroll because you are just robbing them we did it guys we did it <laughs> i saw a guy like Rod one, it, it was it was a tiktok like week one this guy's like mm-hmm. i'm gonna be i'm gonna be following along with russell because he's like i'm he's he looked really bad at, in the preseason yeah. every week he posts a bathroom update for russell wilson and he finally tied it 12 I know. Well, and, the poor, and the poor guy thought he was going to be done by September. I, I imagine so. <laughs> Just wild. But also, that's so many bathrooms. Imagine um, 
how do you Mr. Unlimited, unlimited amount of bathrooms? You know? I'm gonna go get me a danger witch tomorrow for lunch. I bet he's got a bidet in every single one. Declan, I'm actually Russell Wilson bathrooms. I'm actually shocked at how bad he's been all year. Shocked, it's, it's wild, right? Like, yes. I didn't, I didn't, in, 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 that contract I don't think was ever great, but you know, credit to them for going out and getting a guy that they had confident in. But he has looked nowhere near what they paid for and then extending him as much as they did before seeing him play a game. Yeah. And it's a shame because that's George Payton. That's a former Viking employee um, that the Broncos poached to be their GM. And he was like a longtime employee for the Vikings too. built up a great rapport, great, great, like uh, uh, dialogue throughout the league. Like it was basically a when not if for the guy and and it seems like he just whiffed on his first opportunity at a franchise quarterback and at a head coach. And that's, that is not a good, that's never a good start for any GM. So, I mean, do you guys, do you guys feel bad for Nathaniel Hackett at all? Having to like, come I do because it was right, after, right on Christmas, man. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. That's, that's how much you got beat. That sucks. And like, I know that you can't really care about that in the NFL. Like when you, I mean, if that sure if that were a week earlier or a week later i don't think it would have mattered i mean just to get beat that bad by a just a brutal rams team this year with baker mayfield it was just i hear you but still it's christmas not very uh not very uh, festive yeah that's tough i going back to this uh packers game um i don't know guys i'm a little nervous about this one me too i am too i'm not gonna lie i'm a little little nervous and the reason why i'm nervous is because I know Aaron Rodgers hasn't been Aaron Rodgers all year, but he's had those moments, though, where he's been Aaron Rodgers against pretty solid teams. He was really playing well against Philly before he got hurt um, and had to leave that game early. They ended up putting up 33 points that game. I know um, Jordan Love came in and scored the last touchdown, but he was playing really well that game, had us Philly fans on pins and needles. We all saw how he played in the, in the Dallas game, um, and so – and came back and, and again, I think they were down 14 in the fourth quarter and came back and won that game. Now, yes, they relied heavily on their one run game, but Aaron Rodgers definitely dropped back and made some plays. And Aaron Rodgers is the type of quarterback that can pick this defense apart. I mean, we got to be honest about that. Like, he's the type of quarterback that can drop back if you can give him a little bit of time. He doesn't have a ton of guys to throw the football to, but he has enough. When you think about Daniel Jones lighting up this defense and you think about you know, other other quarterbacks this team has, you know, Mac Jones, other other quarterbacks this this team has struggled with, you know, defensively. Aaron Rodgers is a tier above all of those guys, even on his worst season, even on his on his worst day, he's a tier above this above the above those guys. So I think this game is going to be a shootout. I really do. I think this game is going to feature Aaron Rodgers honestly doing his thing. Um, I think there are they're gonna run the ball, but I think they understand that. The Minnesota Vikings' pass defense is one of the worst in football. They give up a ton of yards. And I think on the other side of the football, as much as we want the Vikings to run the ball, they are not going to run the ball. (laughs) They are not going to run the ball as much as we want. I think they will to an extent. The Packers' run defense is bottom of the league. I think they're, what, um, 20? Like just outside the top, bottom five or something. Yeah, yeah, like somewhere around in there. Um, Not good. Their pass defense is like, if I'm, if I'm seeing it correctly, they're like top three. Yeah, it's um, good. It's as far as pass good. defense, yep. but like that hasn't mattered. They played the Jets. They threw the ball like crazy. They played the Pats. They threw the ball like crazy. Both those teams are pretty good against the pass. And so, 
I think the Vikings are going to come out airing the ball out. And I think, honestly, they might not have a choice but to air the ball out because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to – I don't want to say it. I know I'm going to make some people mad, but I think yeah. Rodgers might have a day. I think Rodgers might have a day. Um, I don't know if that means I'm picking the the, the Packers to win the game. Um, I've bet against Vegas a couple, a couple of times in person. Um, I've bet against them a couple times on this podcast. I have not won very often. Um, so it's hard to bet against them here. Um, but I say all that to say I'm concerned. I think Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't have a ton of weapons, but he is getting that chemistry down with, with uh, Watson. And I just think that he – I think there's potential for him to have a day at home, three-game winning streak. Yes, the opponents haven't been great, but at the end of the day, that's solid momentum headed in the right direction, playing to make the playoffs potentially against a division rival – uh, it just it kind of has the makings. Vikings coming off a bit of an emotional high. It kind of it kind of has the makings of a potential upset. I don't um, know who I'm picking yet, but that's kind of how. Got it. We got away this though. Uh, did you see the injury report today? And we are recording this on Wednesday, December twenty uh, eighth. Did you the injury report for, for who? the Vikings for the Vikings and the Packers? I have not. We uh, Rogers and uh, Christian Watson actually didn't participate today. Uh, Rogers was Rogers. listed with a right thumb. He, he has that thumb issue. We know that, but also with a, a knee issue that apparently has popped up and Christian Watson is dealing with, with a hip. Now there is optimism though, that Rogers will practice tomorrow. Aaron's so... going to play. We, he's going to play. <laughs> he is going to play. Now Watson, if he doesn't play that, those are monkey rich and things for sure, because he's going to need Christian Watson. I mean, he's the guy that's been stretching the field out for these guys now for the last couple of weeks. But as far as Aaron Rodgers, he's not missing this game. Mm-hmm. It's too much on the line for him to miss this game. Even if he's handing the ball off more than throwing it, I just mm-hmm. I, I think, again, man, we, we know what this Vikings defense is. They give up a ton of yards to a lot of bad quarterbacks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, I mean, even Mike White went in there and was gashing them. They didn't get in the end zone a lot, but he was gashing them. And so thank God the Jets made the smart move and uh, he's back to starting uh, for them again. No longer Zach Wilson. Smart guys. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Zach Wilson's mom's like (laughs) tweeting stuff now saying like the Jets franchise and their fans are garbage and stuff like that. So consider that bridge burned, but uh, what are you going to do? He might be the worst. I mean, this is saying something. He might be the worst draft pick in Jets history. Maybe there's a pretty good list. I think if we uh, if this were a Jets podcast, but this is a Vikings part or this is a Minnesota sports podcast, I should say. Um, we should also mention some uh, participant or limited participants or even DNPs for the Vikings as well. I believe he's already been ruled out for this game, guys. Garrett Bradbury again, not going to have him for against the Packers. It'll be uh, Austin Schlotman, I believe, is the backup center's name. He'll be starting again, so this will be I think game number three or four without Bradbury. Which I mean. To an extent, the Viking, I mean, I'm sure they're giving up more pressures up the middle, missing Bradbury and stuff like that, but um, Vikings are still winning games. We still yeah. haven't really, um, can't really see it. We can't really say it's a massive, massive issue right now, but you still want your starting center back. Uh, he is dealing with a back issue. A limited participant, though, Ezra Cle- uh, Cleveland right now with a shoulder. He's our left guard, so we'll keep an eye on that. But this is, this is what I'm most uh, happy about, is that a full participant was Cam Dantzler, with that ankle, because my goodness, my goodness, especially if Aaron Wright, if, you know, if this, if the fact that he didn't practice today is no big deal. And like Artis says, he's going to be out there and he's going to be slinging that ball. Then I really need a, finally 
Cam Dantzler to be healthy. I really, really do. And to see him be a full participant already early on this week, that's pretty optimistic to me. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, no, I they're they're gonna need all the help they can get, especially if they are missing a Christian Watson on the other side. I didn't know that he missed practice today. Um, I just looked it up while you were talking, and I guess he is considered day to day by Matt LaFleur. So who knows really what that means? Um, I know he sat out the second half. I didn't know how much that was like lingering though, uh, from this past weekend. So the fact they didn't practice today is it's alarming. And it should be alarming, I think, for for Packers fans. But the Vikings, they, you know, no Garrett Bradbury does stink. Um, we'll have to see about some of these other guys. Um, going back to quickly my look at the game, I'm also nervous. <laughs> just to <laughs> sum it up, um, my one fantasy football team that still is in action. Oh, I don't know if you guys can see that oh. super well, but um, I have currently my starting lineup. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Christian Watson. Oh, and wow. And, and intends to stay that way only because it's all Derek, in one basket. I like only that. because Derek Henry is doubtful now. But um Man, oh, ooh, but I but I also I also think the Vikings it, I've I've said it now for weeks. I don't think the defense is good despite some of the turnovers they get. Like Patrick Peterson jumping the route and making that interception last week. He's they, they're still bad. They're mm-hmm. still bad. They're still giving up a lot of points and a lot of yards every game. I know they, they've changed a couple looks and they started finally blitzing. Thank you, Ed Donatel, for that one. Yeah, so and Daniil finally got involved. Finally. Jeez. Like crazy how you might want to yeah. utilize this guy. Yeah, um, <laughs> Funny I, how you know, who knows? He was one of the most prolific pass rushers in, in all the NFL in his like rookie first two yeah. seasons, and then he got hurt, but then now he's good. Now he's good, but no, we don't want him. Crazy, crazy how that happens, how you yeah. get your impact oh. players involved. Yeah, um, but I, I'm nervous because I do think that Overall, this is going to be one of those games where it's like they should go in and they should just be the better team. But I, I, don't, I don't know if they will. I don't know if they will. Um, I don't think they're going to get that that normal kind of quick out of the gate start where they're able to score on the first like two, two of three drives. And I think they might stumble a little bit here. I think they might stumble out of the gate and then it's right. going to be one of those you're in too big of a hole to play this catch up. And I know we've seen them come back from 33 points down. Mm-hmm. That's, yep. that's the Colts. Yeah. That's, that's Jeff Saturday coaching. Matt LaFleur is st- like statistically yeah. in terms of like win record, one of the better Packer coaches that we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Not that like Mike McCarthy wasn't good and not that the guys before him weren't good, but like he's got a darn good win percentage for that record of his. And, you know, maybe it's just one of those you, you wind up on third and you think you hit a triple because he got handed a pretty darn good team to begin with. But they know what they're doing. <laughs> Once again, it's not Jeff Saturday and it's not the Indianapolis Colts. It is the Green Bay Packers. It is a division rival game in January with playoff implications for both teams on the line week 17. Mm-hmm. This is this is a different animal than that game a couple weeks ago. So okay. if I want to jump into my prediction here really, really quick, I think it's going to be a little higher scoring, but I am going to pick the Packers to win this one. Okay, mm. well, let, let's let's get into it then. Uh, I have the best record. I will go first as is tradition here on Taxi Squad. Um, like we said, the spread is three and a half. Packers are favored by that. Um I've gone against Vegas. Uh, the most recently I have gone against Vegas. I got burned pretty bad, and that was the Cowboys game. I pretty much 
gone chalk ever since and it's benefited me well um i got a feeling about this one i don't know it's just the opportunity to squash the packers playoff chances just just warms my heart full of potential and i just want to see it happen so i'm just gonna potentially will a vikings win into existence it'll be close um i don't i don't know if the vikings will cover or not i think this will be like a, i think it'll be a close to the spread it'll be like a three-point game um i'm gonna say that the final score will be 30 to 27 your minnesota vikings will get the win out in lambo 30 to 20 that that's awfully close to what my pick is gonna be <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Did, close. did you want to go aj i'll go because my oh, yeah he's pick. next he's technically next i'll uh yeah i don't this isn't this isn't me like st- like just kind of i was gonna go with this so don't think that i'm just like slightly changed i've one dollar bob barker <laughs> i've got 31 27 packers perfect that, that's fine that's totally fine I agree. I think this game is going to be very high scoring. Um, even though the Packers' pass defense is pretty solid, um, their defense is to be had. Um, I'll just put it like that. It's to be had. Now, something to watch out for. Um, Jair Alexander has kind of had an up-and-down year this year. But after that first matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, he was animate about how he felt like he should have been shadowing J.J. all game animate about it like I, I don't know why I wasn't shadowing him I wanted to be on him more you know and I think we're gonna see more of that this game not to say JJ is going to be limited but it'll be something to watch for in this matchup <sighs> it's tough man mm-hmm. it, it, this is this is tough for me um because I, I do believe in both offenses well I believe in Aaron Rodgers and then I believe in the Vikings offense as as a whole the problem is against Aaron Rodgers at this point in the season. Mm. The Vikings have shown me terrible defense too much. I've mm. seen it now too often. And when you have the threat now of the run game um with with the two-headed monster that they have in the backfield with Dylan and Jones, um and you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. So you can't completely game plan to stop the pass because they can also run the ball. And that obviously opens up the passing game even more. I think Aaron Rodgers on a hot streak against the Packers or against the Vikings <laughs> finds a way to get it done. I'm sorry, Vikings fans. They're going to AJ. They're going to kill us in the comments, bro. They're going to kill us in You're the moron. comments. You're bro. so dumb. I still, how do you, how do you I still love you guys. Don't worry. I'm still, I'll back you up. Don't worry. They're going to call us clowns and fools. And, and listen, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I'm just going to be honest. I don't want to see him in the playoffs, but no. Yeah. I just I have a funny feeling that this is going to be one of his better days. Mm-hmm. I think that they put up, I'm going really high scoring as well. I'm going to go whew, 35 for the Green Ooh. Bay Packers. Ooh. Ooh. But I think the Vikings also go crazy. And I think they put up 31. So 35, no 31, no Green Bay Packers. Defense wow. is non-existent in this game. <laughs> I, I, I don't it's see it, but I think that's, that's been the Vikings case forever at this point. The Packers actually have a respectable defense by all things considered. I mean, we've, we've, we've seen this Vikings def- or this Vikings offense scorch some of the best passing defenses in the league. 
and just put up numbers. JJ go crazy, Hawkinson go crazy, and Kirk just find a way to just make things happen. Um, so I, I just don't I don't I haven't seen enough from the Packers defense that make me believe that they're gonna stop Kirk in that offense. I think they're gonna roll, but I can say the same for the Vikings defense. That's a problem. <laughs> I can say the same for them. So like I said, I see both teams putting up points. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers may be just a bit too much this right week. On. All right. So I had 30-27. Vikings win. Uh, but you guys, contrarians, going with the Packers. AJ had 31-27 victory for Green Bay. Uh, Artist had 35-31 for Green I also Bay. I also have to go opposite of you if I want any chance to catch this slash tie you. So this is true. I'm here. Same this is here. true. If I, want, I I actually should have picked Green Bay. I yeah should have done a Green Bay sweep, and then I could have just prevented this the whole time and just no. That's why you got. If I always pick the same as AJ, I could just maintain this crown, and we'll see what artist does uh, <laughs> at the end there. So yeah, right. at the bottom. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. You, you got plenty of time. You got plenty of time, and I'm guessing we'll keep this going into the playoffs too. Definitely do picks. In the yeah, playoffs. why not? For that sure. Would be cool. Why not? Yeah. As long as we go. As long as we people go. are gonna be livid when I when I predict the first round exit. Oh. <laughs> You're your first on Texas squad, ladies and gentlemen. AJ's not going to take his first round. Might be, against, might be against Aaron Rodgers. I'm, pre- yeah. I'm, my, hey, I'm calling it right now. They're losing 31 to 10. 31 10. I'm going to whoever. I'm, I'm going to, to the commanders, whoever. Taylor Heineke, <laughs> who just got benched for Carson Wentz. So that would be yeah, even yeah. more. Uh, He's going to come back. He's going to ride over the, the hill in the sunset. Heineke masterclass in the playoffs. I'm writing this down. I'm writing down 31 <laughs> 10 AJ Viking playoff victory. I am going to maintain this documentation and we'll uh, see if you maintain your. I reserve order. the right to make that. A, a different prediction when it actually comes to the matchup. Damn it. He's on the record of saying it, folks. So I guess <laughs> it counts. All right. We got to move on to a uh, little Timberwolves basketball. Um, maybe not as fun of a topic as a Minnesota Vikings stock, unfortunately, because the Wolves failed to win a game this past week. And <laughs> what are you? What? <laughs> I thought they won at least one. Did they lose every game? No, they, they lost all of them. Right, artists? Yeah, they, they're on a yeah, what is this, right. three game losing streak right now. Right. right. Um, Why are they so bad? Well, I know they're still missing cat. Yeah. Right. Well, yes. to, answer, to answer the question directly, there's a couple of reasons. One, I don't think they run the offense through Anthony Edwards nearly enough. It's a lot of D-Lo dribble, dribble, dribble action, what? a lot of D-Lo pick and roll when it should be Anthony Edwards on the ball a lot more. Um but Anthony Edwards, I don't want to. I don't want to. I just want to clarify this as somebody who does not really watch the Timberwolves. So you're mm-hmm. telling me that the powers that be within the Timberwolves organization and coaching staff have decided to make the main center of attention for the offense. The guy had his, that had that from my knowledge has been on like seven teams in his career so far and not the number one overall pick four three years ago. It it so he's the main ball handler. So he has the ball a lot, I would say. Um Anthony Edwards is still getting his shots, but I just think in crucial moments, D'Lo has the ball in his hands too much. So it's and it's not fortunately in Christian Hey, remember when he remember when he hit that one shot and then pointed at his arm and then that went like viral for Sports Center? Yeah. Yeah, that one time. Yeah, that one time. That one time. Well, the problem too is right now, um Rudy is me like not being able to stay on the floor in crucial part. I mean, we were complaining about D'Lo uh, in the Memphis playoff series as well, of not being able to stay on the floor in crucial moments of the game. We are now having that conversation with Rudy Gobert because he was pretty much benched in the last few minutes of the Miami Heat game. And that was still a close game. The Wolves only lost by a couple points there. So mm-hmm. you would think 
you'd think that, you know, the guy you made this big trade for would be helpful in that situation. Apparently he wasn't. And mm -hmm. artist, that is a massive red flag because Carl is out. He, if Carl were here, maybe, okay, maybe we can have a more laid back conversation about this, but Rudy is expected to pick up the slack now that Carl's gone and he's been gone for a while now. And we were all very intrigued about exactly, Hey, maybe the Timberwolves just maybe, maybe they could be a little bit better actually without cat. Maybe <laughs> um, that conversation now is starting to totally, absolutely dwindle. I mean, this, it, it looked maybe promising for a little bit there uh, this last week. I mean, it, to me, artists, it's unacceptable that Rudy got benched there. It, it had to be done. I, I I totally get that, but like, we're seriously doing this now. I mean, we're seriously doing this right now. Uh, uh, he he's struggling, and this is this was an issue in Utah as well. He, I feel like I say this every week. <laughs> he is struggling in the pick and roll, pick and pop action, bro. And teams are constantly constantly putting him in that pick and roll pick and pop action because they know they can expose him if you switch he's gonna get beat off the dribble or he's gonna somebody's gonna hit a step back three in his face or if if they if if he double teams then hey we're gonna hit the big man down low we're gonna cut we're gonna allow the uh the, the big man to, to drop and hit him down low in the paint and rudy's not there to defend that anymore you know, if he if he drops back, if he if he gives some drop coverage and he's kind of in the middle of the paint there or free boat free throw line area, or then you're giving up a three. So it's like he he well, I don't know, man. Too, I don't, don't want to have this conversation. I mean, we were hyping this team to be a West contender. It's it's tough, and it's, it's, it's just not. And it, and it, and I, we have to admit the Vikings have been a. Timberwolves are so lucky the Vikings are this good. I, yeah. I have to say, like, the it is such a less big, like, this whole thing is such a less big deal than what it actually probably should be because we have a 12-3 and three football team in town. And when the Vikings are this good, everybody, myself included, just gets absolutely, like, absorbed into it. Like, I have a hard time, like, even keeping track of, like, what's going on with the Timberwolves in the wild because I'm all about the Vikings. But uh, this is a Minnesota sports podcast, and we 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 are paying attention constantly. And like I, I'm even seeing Chris Finch's name being brought up about potentially <laughs> getting axed now. I mean, another, another red flag of what things are going on right now. I mean, um, but that's even, what, I think Judd even made a prediction on his write that down segment today that he is predicting that Quinn Snyder will be the next coach of the Timberwolves in whatever capacity that happens. But that's what happens it's it's like the russell wilson situation that we was just talking about you're not gonna get rid of russ you're paying him too much mm -hmm. so what are you gonna do the next best thing is to fire the current coach and find another coach that can maybe make this thing look like it's not one of the worst trades in history like that that's that's all mm -hmm. you can really do i just um, don't know how much this is finch's fault you know what i mean i mean sure like we, we have to incorporate like yeah sure cat has been missing but also though, but uh, but also the missing J Mac and Torian Prince, uh, Torian Prince yeah, right now too, and that uh, also hurts. They're missing slow mo right now too. I believe he's gonna miss a fifth straight game here. Come, I think that game is going on right now actually, mm -hmm. and it's and so so yeah, like this this team has never seemed to be like completely one hundred percent healthy right now either. But but still, it's just like I I don't really know. <laughs> I think right now, if if we place most of the bl blame for what's happened to this season right now, I think I put it more so on the front office than whatever schemes and systems Chris Finch has developed. I don't know how, how you feel about that because 
I mean, people more talk about just how lopsided the trade was and maybe not even necessarily go bears fit with the team and stuff like that. And I, I mean, obviously it's not working out right now. I don't, I don't know what you do. Hopefully they can get on a run here, but it just well, is so honestly, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe cattle come back and maybe things will get better, but we, I, we still don't know the timetable. of that. I'm, honestly, at this point there, we thought, or at least I thought they'd be a little better defensively. It looks like they are by a smidget, but it's not enough no. to, to get them more wins. They honestly need cat back because they're going to, they're going to have to outscore some teams. I was hoping this team would be better defensively, but they're going to have to outscore some teams. And I also kind of have a slight bone to pick with Anthony Edwards too. Oh, because in his he, three he game, more chicken, week, more Popeyes, <laughs> he eat more Popeyes or what? No, no, not what. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he's eating. I don't know. But, but sandwich, I, I'm man. never going to Caesar salad because mm. Artist Woods loves him some Popeyes. So I, Same. I, I never, respect right here with you, man. Never. But yeah. three game losing streak in the game he lost against the Mavs. He shot two free throws in the game. They lost against the Celtics. He shot one free throw. In the game that they lost against the uh, Heat, he shot, what is this, three free throws and had eight turnovers. Mm. Anthony Edwards likes to shoot the ball. And I get that. He's not a he's not a terrible shooter. He's really streaky. He can hit, he can hit the three-point shot. He can hit the mid-range shot. But there is no excuse with his talent level, his quickness, to not be attacking the basket and getting to the free throw line. When you get to the free throw line as a shooter, it warms you up. It warms you up. You see the ball go through the net a couple of times, and then you work your way backwards. Okay, now the outside shot, the mid-range shot is going to fall. The turnaround fade is not going to fall. The three-point shot is not going to fall because now you're, you're in rhythm. You're in shooting rhythm. He's not getting to the free throw line nearly enough, and it's because he's settling for way too many jump shots. I understand, you know, he, you want to preserve yourself. It's still early, early in the season, but he is super athletic. He is super quick. He can be anybody off the pick and roll, and I don't know why he doesn't do it more. Too many step-back threes, too many step-back mid-range shots. Get to the line, and he's not a bad – he's not a terrible free-throw shooter. Get to the line. It'll help, especially late in games, get, you to, get the other team's best defender in, in foul trouble. Get to the line, man. Three, um, yeah. One free throw. What is it? What is that? I'm trying to do quick math. What is that? Six free throws. Yes, three, three games. games. Yep. Not oh, cool. Come on now. Yeah, and especially because his free throw percentage has actually gone down. That's like one of his most glaring statistical dips this mm -hmm. season. Is his free throw? It's only. I think it's like less than five percent. So, frankly, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's not that big of a deal. But yeah, what is what is the percentage? Uh, right now his total season, I think is 70, is he at 75 now? Uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a game log right now. If I look at his stats here really quick. Um, so he's at, okay. So actually it's, it's not as bad as I'm making it out to be. It's at 75% right now. It was at 78 last year, 77 the year before. So good. Uh, good why, why am I even talking about it? Um, but I mean, you're absolutely right. He's a really good finisher at the rim. He's amazing. Um, and in both hands too. Um, he right, he's a dominant right hand player, no matter what. He's gonna finish with that head more than anything, but mm -hmm. he'll use the left. He uses the left quite often. I don't know how often he uses the left to throw down dunks. Um, yeah. but uh, he he's not afraid to use it whatsoever. Um, but but artists, I mean, the efficiency has still been there, at least with the field goal percentage in, in this losing streak, because he shot 
Uh, he shot 52% against the Mavs, 52 against the Celtics, and then 60, uh, was it 68? Yeah, 68 against the Heat. So, um, and, and sure, like, uh, he didn't make a single three against the Mavs. Only He shot three of 10 against Boston, but five of eight against Miami. So, um, I, I tell you what, though, and I know the rumblings about this have already been, like, taking place because he's been close. I think his first triple-double is coming before the end of January. I, I think it's happening. He is crashing the rim. He's getting a lot of rebounds right now. Thankfully, making up for what Jaden McDaniels isn't getting with the rebounds this season. Um, he's putting up great assist numbers, too, um, which, would, I mean, it's it's not like D'Angelo Russell's been missing a lot of time or anything like that. So, and is facilitating a lot of plays as well. See what happens when Cat comes back. He needs, to, he needs to stay on the ball. I know. I know. I know. We'll see. So I, I hear you. I want all of that. I, I absolutely hear you. But it is also incredibly encouraging. You have to agree to also see that there is still really good statistical output coming out For right sure. here. Um, sure, and, and, and like Anthony Edwards play has not been the biggest problem with the Timberwolves this season for sure, but he's, but he's our focal point. He is our guy yeah. that we look to, to bring us out of the muck for goodness sakes. And so we're always, we're always going to be, we, we got our lenses on him. We got our magnifying glasses on him the most rightfully. So yes. Some, some of it, listen, the free throw thing is I, I'm going to okay. harp on it's that. Because those I, are, don't even, I shouldn't even brought it up. Those are those are easy buckets. I know he's shooting decent from the field, but free throws, that's that's easy buckets. You have even more points per game if you're getting to the free throw line more. And then it makes the defense, it's harder to defend you now because they don't know if you're going to drive and get to the lane. Again, you're getting people in, in foul trouble. They don't know if you're going to step back for a jump shot. They don't really know your game is less predictable. Not saying his game is predictable now, but it becomes less predictable if you can consistently get to the free throw line um, as well. He's not the main issue. Like I said, Rudy is a problem. I think D'Lo, when he's kind of off and he's kind of on the ball a bit too much, he's a, he's a big problem. I forget which game it was that they just played recently. I think it was the um, Celtics game where, you know, Ant had it going in the third and they just stopped giving him the ball. <laughs> he stopped touching the rock. So it, he's he's not the main issue. But since he is the focal point, there are things that you look at when you watch him play and it's like, okay, Ant, you can improve here, though. You can improve there, though. Um, the biggest the biggest problem, honestly, if I'm being real, when you watch these games, Rudy Gobert, it's glaring. Either he's dominating because he's had some really good games this year. Either he's dominating or he looks completely lost. Yeah, It is never in between, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Nas Reed, though, because he's been playing yeah. a bit better, too, as of late. Nas Reed um, has been such an underrated pickup for the Minnesota Timberwolves. An undrafted guy out of LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you don't expect really much of a- a- anything from a guy from that position and he's totally worked his way up and now he, I mean, he'll go out. I think he, I think his, uh, season high rate, I think he had like had like 29 points not that long ago and he can yep. shoot from three too. He's got a very underrated jump shot, even though his feet do not get off the ground whatsoever. He's just, he's on his tippy toes when he's on the top of the key shooting those threes, uh, but whatever he's, he's a tall human being. He doesn't have to get a lot of elevation. So yeah. Well, we'll see how the Timberwolves do. Um, they're in a close one right now with the Pelicans, who are one of the better teams in the Western Conference. Funny when Zion Williamson is healthy, and that makes a little bit of a difference for a team. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how they do. Um, hopefully they can pull that one out because that would be a good game. But it's a lot of contenders this week, uh, artists. We got your Milwaukee Bucks on Friday. Then we roll into the New Year. Um, uh, going into the we play the Pistons New Year's Eve. 
and then uh, the Nuggets and also the Trailblazers. We'll probably be mm. talking while the Trailblazers is going on. Uh, Trailblazers game is going on uh, next week. Tough, so, it, it, tough, tough, tough opponents. Nuggets are top of the West right now, I believe. The Pistons, have, the Pistons are already. I mean, uh, Cade Cunningham is already out for the season. I mean, yeah. they they are going. They are trying to get. Uh, what's wasn't it Wembenyana? Is that the mm-hmm. name of the the seven? I believe so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Guys, guy, yeah. Next Kevin Durant or something like that. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they should get him. He probably be they, they good. should win that game. But then again, the loss to Miami without Bam, Jimmy, and Tyler Hero shooting seven of nineteen, zero of eight from three. You just never know at this point. You, never you can't know. just chalk a W for him at this point. So, yeah. uh, you know who you can chalk Ws for these days? You're Minnesota Wild. Because my goodness, what a month of December, guys! What an absolute month of December! One before of the we, before we do dive into this wild talk, can yeah. I do? Can I spring one impromptu segment on you guys that we can just do weekly? It takes like five seconds. Yeah, please. Okay, please. All right, let's. As as of today, uh, December twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, on a scale of one to two, what do you rate the Rudy Gobert trade? <laughs> one to two. Did you say on a scale of one, one to on a scale of one one, one to two? Bad. What do you what do you rate the Rudy Gobert trade? It's trade? looking like a point five for me right now, man. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, man. it's below the scale at the moment. No, no, okay, I'll say it's I'll say it's a two. I'll humor you. Oh no. We got a real we got a real positive Peter over here, Mike. Yeah. Is that I don't know if two is good or two is bad. You didn't explain like what this what the scale is. Is two I, no I, uh no because no, it, it's it's two, it's one one is the worst trade in the oh, history of the NBA, okay. and two is it's still a really, really, really bad trade, and it's terrible, and they should be laughed at, but it's not the worst ever. I'll still go with the two. Okay, it's, okay, I might, it's I'm, still, I might give it a yeah, thank you, thank you, oh, Artis, because oh, it's not even halfway to the season five. yet. Yeah, yeah, see, he's not even at a hard one yet either. Okay, so yeah, it's like uh yeah, no, not halfway through the season yet. We'll at least get there. And who knows? Maybe some magical elixir happens at Target Center, cat comes back, and they, they go on a run. I'm not very optimistic about that, but yeah, one through two, I'll give it a two. Well, yeah, <laughs> we 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 can always adjust. The, we can always adjust the brackets. What well, well, would you give it, good sir? What would you give this trade? It's probably at like a like a one point three. Okay, okay, fair. Like it's not right. the worst of all time, but it is terrible. Okay, um, I from what I've seen, I was I was told they were going to be like contenters, and I, I didn't tell you that. Yeah, that's yeah. all I heard. That's all I, 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 in the West. I, I when I they that. when they made the trade, I said I tweeted. I said, "Congrats on winning the 2023 <laughs> NBA Finals." Um, two K so. in two K. Yeah, yeah two K. There's still time. There's still so, yeah, time. Hey, no, but hey, we'll we'll we can revisit these rankings next week. We'll just keep it going. So. Yeah. But if you're uh, if, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, leave a review if you're uh, listening on e- either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. And let us know. What, what do you think? One yeah. to two. How, how how good or bad was the Rudy Gobert trade? Yes. Uh, but yeah, let's talk wild, Jason. Yes. And um, it, yeah, it's been another wonderful week for the wild of another perfect. Oh, no, not another perfect week. Uh, they did lose to the San Jose Sharks, uh, but they had a wonderful game. Uh, who, I'm blanking on the team that they played last night. Uh, Winnipeg. They won four to one against Winnipeg, who is one of the better teams in the central right now. Uh, AJ, this has been one of the best teams in hockey this month. I actually want to highlight uh, Matt Zuccarello, too. He actually has the fourth most points in the NHL this month. He's only behind, like, Dreisaitl and McDavid and uh, some other guy, too. Uh, Matt's has been absolutely incredible this month. 
uh, Philip Gustafson, another great performance in the backup position. Um, and as the season gets going here, as we get into the nitty and the gritty of the season, deep into it, we're probably maybe going to see uh, more of a tandem split, maybe more so with uh, Mark Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson moving forward. What do you think of that? If you would have said that to me a month and a half ago, I would have said, uh, let's pump the brakes. I agree. But right now, that's not looking too outlandish. Philip Gustafson, I, I, he, like, I've, I'm still seeing backup goaltender tendencies, but for the most part, when he's in the net and the Wild are, you know, playing a middle of the pack to lesser than opponent, I'm pretty confident he's going to go out there and make a couple stops that he probably shouldn't make and hold the opposition to like maybe two goals and then Kirill and Zuccarello are going to combine for two goals. And it's like, all right, so somebody else step up and then Sammy Walker nets his first NHL, NHL goal. Mm-hmm. So no, it, Phil Gustafson, very, very pleasant surprise. I've been very pleased with him. Um, I, he's doing much more than I expected. And I, I, I expect him to be like, all right, and probably have better numbers than what he had in his time with Ottawa. He is surpassing that and then some. So I don't know how long he can keep this up. Maybe this is the real him, and that would be the best surprise of all time. But uh, and that would make <laughs> that make the the, the trade uh, for him look a lot better. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, and Mark Andre Fleury's been looking good too. And then on the other side uh, of things up, up top, you know, you you have your offense seemingly looking better now. Um, unfortunately, you do miss out on Marcus Foligno, who I hear is out. Uh, mm. He won't be returning soon, but you did just get back Ryan Hartman off of IR, which, I mean, he the best contract in hockey, I think, without a doubt, based on his performance last season. It's kind of been tough to judge that this year just because he has been hurt for so long. But he did get a, a goal, I think, in his first game back, which is nice. Hopefully he can stay healthy. It was one of those things where... Um, it was a shoulder injury, and I guess apparently it was like leaked on TikTok that it was like a broken shoulder. And the oh. and this is this is I want to preface this might be speculatory based off uh, a hearsay thing on a video that I saw on the internet. Um, because well, remember, which, I mean, the internet never lies, so it's yeah, it's on the internet, it's true. Yeah, but absolutely. um, what they were talking about on the broadcast the other day over on Valley Sports North was that it was a surgery that he was nervous about getting because he had heard from other players and other like hockey culture people that like they get that surgery and they just can't play again because their arm like movement and stuff like is not the same. You're almost like not you're limited so much to where you're just not able to play at that level anymore. So the fact that he won got stuff taken care of and he's back and now everything's looking good. And he's, you know, I don't know if he's hundred percent necessarily, but um, he's out there. He's throwing the body around a little bit. I'm sure he's. It'll take him, you know, maybe a week or so to get back up to like full speed. But uh, really glad to have him back because he is kind of one of those pieces where you don't necessarily notice him sometimes when he's in the lineup, which isn't always a bad thing. But when he's gone, you're like, God, they, I really, I really, mm-hmm. I, I wish Ryan Hartman was out there right now, just for the sake of mm-hmm. his two way play and kind of the grittiness that he brings. So uh, very good to have him back, and glad he's in good health. Yeah, it's been great that the Wild have been able to find these guys to kind of fill in the gaps for the injuries that they've had throughout the season because Hartman's kind of been their most lingering, well, probably fully know now too, is kind of, they've been the most lingering injury issues, uh, players with lingering issues for the Wild so far this season, but we've seen a lot of other guys step up like uh, Connor Dewar and um, uh, Steele and all these other guys too. So it's really encouraging 
that Bill Guerin and Dean Evison are able to find these guys in these certain situations where, you know, maybe they take them off the scrap heap from another team and they're able to plug them in for our team and just be able to, you know, work well and maintain this thing for the wild because considering the injury issues that they've had, I mean, sure. Maybe your top guys like Kirill Kaprizov haven't had any issues. Um, it's, it's, it's still been being knock on wood right there. Thank you very much. And Matt's a gorilla too. Like I said, he's been incredible this month. Absolutely incredible. So, the Wild have been maintaining a wonderful pace right now. Philip Gustafson, 6-0 in, in his last six starts. Uh, he hasn't lost since like mid-November or something like that. He has just been absolutely insane. He gives, he gives you so much confidence right now that you hope it just it, it keeps going. Because like we said, I mean, the, the season is a grind. Playoffs are a grind too. So the as fresh as your goaltenders can be for the stretch run here, um, that's going to be what you need. And if both of them are playing uh, pretty dang good, which both of them are right now, can maybe even say that Gustafson might even be playing better than Marc-Andre Fleury. Not that Fleury's playing bad by any stretch of the imagination. It's just that no. Gustafson has been that good. And if he keeps this up, I definitely want to see like a 60-40, 50-50 split going with these guys forward. And I think the Wild will actually be able to continue to win a couple hockey games doing so. I really do. Um. <sighs> He has been good. I don't know if I want to see necessarily like a 50-50 or even a 60-40 is probably where I would sure. think. I don't know. Like, look at his last three games. Flurry. He's he's 3-0, and and he's allowed three goals in total over his last three games. Like, it's not like he's bad. He's playing no. very, very no. good. Um, But he he's you're right where it's like you got to take some of that workload off because we saw what he could do after he came in here last year um, getting acquired, and you had – Cam Talbot, who was, you know, another starter who now that he's back from injury has looked really good uh, for Ottawa. But, you know, it, it's it, I still want him to be the main guy um, in Gustafson. Yeah, I think we're both on the same page here. It's just yeah. I don't know if I want to see a 50 50. I'm, I'm I'd be better with a 60 40. You're, you know, you're picking you're you're picking the matchups a little more cautiously, I think, is probably what you want. You don't want to say you're getting, you know, you're we're going every other it's okay. We've got two tough games this week with a softy mixed mixed in in the middle. Phil, you're probably going to take that Wednesday game, but Mark, you're you're going to go Monday Friday. So right, yeah. No, I mean, if he can somehow, I mean, yeah, Flair's been playing great. If Gustafson forces a hand, though, that that'd be great too. But um, right now, I, I think. And, and including him, too, I think he's all like the both of them are comfortable with their roles right now. And, mm -hmm. yeah, Flurry's playing playing well enough where it doesn't really I, I, I'm just thinking more of so he's an older gold sender and I just want to manage his workload at least a little bit. I don't want to sacrifice wild victories to to do that, per se. Um, I'm just so confident in Gustafson right now that I'm <laughs> willing to throw him out there any night right now. I really am. I, I'm, I, I don't know about you. I'm willing to throw him out there against any team right now. It doesn't matter if it's the, the Boston Bruins who are the top team in the league right now, or, you know, the Arizona Coyotes who actually aren't the bottom of the Western conference right now. I don't remember who the bottom. No, is. but it, yeah, you can say Arizona, even if they're not technically <laughs> the worst, just because they're bad. <laughs> they're really so bad. is their arena. Anyway, yeah. Um, gentlemen, I think we got to wrap things up here on this week's episode of Taxi Squad. Uh, actually, talking about the Wild really quick. They do have a big game against the star against the Stars uh, tomorrow night. Then they got the Blues mm -hmm. again, and then they take a little bit of a break um, until I think Wednesday or Thursday. So we'll probably just cover those Stars and Blues games, and hopefully they can just keep this momentum going. I'm guessing Flurry will start against the Stars there, but yes, wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, Gustafson uh, got the chance against the Blues there on uh, New Year's Eve. But I think we got to wrap up Taxi Squad. 
gentlemen, I, I can't handle I honestly, I, I, I picked the Vikings to win. I know it's another close game. Um, we'll see if my heart can handle that. I don't know. Um, I definitely can't handle another 60 yarder uh, for the win, even though, I mean, I, I said it multiple times. I w- I've been begging for just an absolute clutch, like 50 plus yarder from Greg Joseph to win a game. I got that and some with the 60 yarder. So it, it was just, uh, it's just, I don't know how much more I can take. What are your guys' final thoughts as we wrap up today? Um, it's it's going to be a very stressful weekend in terms of Sunday's matchup, and then I I it, it'll be it'll be a weird. I have I just have a feeling it's going to be weird because it is it was like thirty five today. We're we're getting rain tomorrow. I think that weird momentum and just overall vibe is going to carry over to the weekend. It's going to be a funky game. Like I said, I expected a shootout, and unfortunately, I'm going to go. I still think the Packers. Um, I think we're just going to see vintage Aaron Rodgers. He, he's he's probably thinking like, I got one more chance to really stick it to the Vikings. <laughs> this is that year. This is that weekend. So um, I would love to be proved wrong. But at the same time, if they lose, that's one game closer to uh, to Jason for the record. So, Woo. yeah, <clears throat> AJ, again, I'm, I'm feeling the same way. I hope I'm wrong about the Vikings prediction. Um, hopefully the fans don't kill us in the comment section, but you know, oh, they, they will. will either way. <laughs> um, get them, guys. Hopefully they get a win. I do want to say this, though, before we end this. So the Wolves are down 118 to 119 to the Pels with three seconds left. Zion Williamson was just at the free throw line trying to ice the game or at least put him up by two just now. And D'Angelo Russell walks up to the free throw line and imitates shooting a free throw right before Zion shoots his free throw to kind of psych him out. And it worked. Zion what? missed the free throw. <laughs> yeah. Zion missed the free throw, and it is now three seconds left. Wolves have, has the ball. We'll see if they win. But yeah, that do we do the, we wanna do you want to do a play by play for the final three and a half seconds here? I, I just turned it on to wish I okay. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Let's see. I see don't do I it too it. well because we might actually get in trouble. Inbound's coming like in right now. It's going to Anthony Edwards. Okay. Step oh, oh Jonathan Lane. Step back shot. It's off. He misses. That's the game. Mm-hmm. Did he yeah, have a nice game? Anthony Edwards got a pretty decent look off a step back and missed. Mm. So, so four straight for the Wolves then. Four straight. Great way to wrap up Taxi Squad for this week, ladies and gentlemen. Ending on a high note. Last chance if you want to. Uh, last chance if you want to change your rating in that one to two rank, uh, rating rating right now. No, you. All right, for AJ Fredrickson and Artis Woods, I am Jason Stormer. Thank you for listening to Taxi Squad. Everybody, you can check us out on Apple. Give us a five-star rating while you're there. You can also check us out on Spotify as well. Best way to to, uh, support us, though, is to download us on either scorenorth.com or the Score North mobile app. That is uh, the best way to uh, support Score North and uh, just Taxi Squad and every podcast that we have around here. Again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Score North Taxi Squad. Everybody, we'll catch you again next week for the latest run. Take care. Bye-bye.